friends, the angels have a very clear message for you this month, and it's this. Do not hold the vibration of fear. Hold the vibration of love. Do not hold the vibration of hate. Hold the vibration of peace. I wanted to let you know that we'll be praying more together here on this podcast. In my lifetime, I've witnessed personally miracles that occur when people come together and use their free will to pray. The angels say it shifts energy, creates an opening for healing, and brings positive change. Please join me at the end of today's episode and every episode this month to pray for and envision peace on earth. We'll also be praying together over on my Instagram page if you want to join us at Angel Podcast. Now here's today's episode. Hello, beautiful souls. You are in for a treat today. You're listening to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and author, Julie Jancis. And today we're here with Jessie Kanzer. She is the author of the new book, Don't Just Sit There, Do Nothing, which is totally up our podcast alley. Um, love it, love it, love it. Jessie, mm-hmm. welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. This is as much as. I'm up your alley. You're up mine. (laughs) Yes. Oh, good. Well, we're two moms, right? We were talking before we jumped on the show. Busy, busy. You have written this book. Um, People can find it on Amazon. I'm sure barnesandnoble.com, all different places. You start out your book. And this has been a topic that I knew when I read like the first lines of your book, I go, Oh, okay, angels. I understand why you sent Jesse my way because I don't take a lot of guest requests. In fact, I would say probably 99% or 99.9, we don't take guest requests. But Spirit said, listen to this one, look at this one. Um, and when I read the first line, I go, okay, we're supposed to have this conversation. So the question that's really been on my mind a lot lately, um, I had a couple bad experiences growing up in church. And I don't believe that church is wrong or church is bad, but I'm not a person that's of like a religion or a dogma. I am more spiritual. And I haven't taken my kiddo to church. And I have been thinking and toying around with the idea of starting another podcast aimed at families who can listen with young children um, to shorter episodes that teach kids about their own spirituality. And so um, you start out your book by saying, I grew up in Russia was born Jewish or of Jewish descent and said, you know, you really own that and feel that, but yet never was brought up with religion. And I said, okay, well, we have to have this conversation because when you weren't brought up with religion, did your parents talk about spirituality in any way? Were you brought up spiritual or how did you come to your own spirituality? Such a great question, Julie. And I relate with you as well very much because I don't, take my kids to any religious institution either. And it does become a question of 
how can we pass on our beliefs to them, the ones that are really empowering? It's not that I want them to adopt all of my beliefs. It's that I want them to feel their power, which is what spirituality is all about, and feel their connection to source, to God, and so on, to higher power, to angels. And so I was not brought up with anything because the Soviet Union, where I was born, was, you know, uh, was very atheist and not in a good way because, uh, you know, I believe people should be able to choose what they do, but it was virulently atheist and uh, nobody practiced religion, honestly. And my parents, having been brought up in that society, were didn't believe in God. So I asked them once, you know, do you believe in God? When I started to learn more about it as we as we were leaving, as we, you know, as, as I was introduced to other ideas and they said, Niet, in Russian, which is no. And they did just, they did not. And I say in my introduction, so it's, you know, that I was a blank slate and the beauty of being a blank slate. So not to fear if you haven't imparted anything on your kids yet, because in some ways we all come with our souls fully loaded, you know, and our paths ahead of us. And so being a blank slate, I was so open and open, not just to information, because that's one thing, but open to my own connection in the same way I read. I, you know, I know of your backstory, I guess, in the same way that when you're open, messages come in. I was open because even though I came from this atheist society and atheist parents, I felt my own magical connection to something from a very young age. I have memories in the Russian daycare center of knowing things ahead of time. Really? And yes, of just knowing that something I wanted, I can do or I can become just to this knowing this confidence that wasn't based on my ego, but was based in a greater knowing, okay, you can step into that role. You can step into this. And, you know, I lost it along the way because we often do um, in my path was full of complications and an eating disorder, anxiety, depression, and losing my identity, you know, from one society to another and having to change all that. But because I had been open at a young age, because I was always a spiritual seeker, that's what got me back to ancient spiritual teachings like the Tao Te Ching and other spiritual philosophies that helped me find my way and helped me relate that information to others. So all in all, to make that short, I think having a blank slate for your kids is not the worst thing in the world. And figuring out however feels right for you to get some of that spiritual connection into kind of around them and into their upbringing. I honestly don't think there's a wrong way to do it. So talk a bit more about like what brought you into the, and I don't even know how to pronounce it. Is it Tao Te Ching or Tao Te Ching? Yes, both are correct because I think, okay. you know, it's so funny. The verse one of the Tao says, the Tao that can be told is not the eternal Tao. Like the name, you know, it actually says names must change with time and place. So in other words, a lot of the beginning of the Tao Te Ching talks about how all those labels that we put on everything, including ourselves, they don't really matter because, you know, what we are and what the Tao is and what God is, is beyond the labels. And I think that that's the one issue someone like me has with religion. It's not the religion itself. It's that sometimes when we get dogmatic, we lose the essence of what we're trying to teach. Yeah. Yeah. And so 
the Tao for me, I was always drawn to the Eastern way of thinking, the Eastern way of finding ease, allowing, and kind of finding flow with nature, finding flow with life itself. I was always drawn to that. From a very young age, I actually believed in reincarnation, which is very funny because no one taught taught it to me. Yes. And I, I mean, I was a child and I told my friend very, with a lot of authority, it was like, well, we, we are reborn after we die as someone else. And she got a little scared and she asked me, so my mom won't be my mom. And I said, no, no, she will not. And she started crying. This is so oh. funny. I remember my little Russian friend, she started crying. She called her mom to pick her up. And I wasn't trying to upset her. But I think back then I felt such an authority because I kind of, I knew this to be so. But, you know, there was probably delivery, del- something lost in the delivery. <laughs> <laughs> Which you know, too, because you have this amazing ba- writing background. You've written yep. for the L.A. Times, the New York Times. Um, so, you know, people don't just write books to write books. It is a long process. It is a hard process to write something and then have to go back and read it 30 times and really change, you know, where the chapters are and the lineup of the book and add new things. It really pushes you beyond your limits. So I don't think that people get all the time what it is to write it And that we're not just doing it to sell books from a spiritual perspective. There's a message that still needs to get out and be born into the world. So as you're sitting there writing your book, don't just sit there, do nothing. Who are you envisioning? Why are you writing it? What are the main concepts that you want people in in the messages you want to be delivered to your readers? What a beautiful question that only someone who's undertaken this Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it has to be. Honestly, it has to be a project of love. Otherwise, there's no point because the work you put in is so much greater, I think, than any guaranteed outcome. And outcomes can be great. I'm not saying they can't, but that's not why you can't be doing this for that. And I wasn't and I'm not. And I do. I Interestingly, I started writing. Don't just say they do nothing before the pandemic hit. And I was able to sell it to the publisher during the pandemic. And it's interesting because they, you know, I got a lot of no's before. And then as this thing was happening to our entire world, um, I think folks understood more that, hey, you know, this is needed. So the message for me, I'll just backtrack a little bit and explain my own story of healing and spiritual awakening. I, um, I was suffering a lot as a young person. I had kind of reconstructed my identity because I wanted to fit in. We all want belonging, but I lost a lot of parts of myself. I was born Asa. Asa is my birth name. I changed it to Jesse. And I changed a lot of things about myself. There was a disconnect between the real me and who I was being on the outside, kind of like this cool, more uh, detached person. And inside I was so sensitive and so basically an empath and really suffering. And, you know, like I said, I had the depression, the anxiety and eating disorder of many years. I did not listen to my intuition then. I didn't know how I was studying something I hated in college, which was business in my case. (laughs) And um, 
I still was graduating, you know, summa cum laude, all the A's, because that's how I was taught in the Soviet Union. I was an achievement based type of neurotic person. And I got into a really big car crash right after college. And this car crash stopped me in my tracks because there was no choice. You know, I was physically hurt, emotionally suffering. And I had a lot of self-help and spiritual books because I kept getting them, hoping for something. But in my moment of complete downfall on my knees, being bulimic, which I didn't want to be anymore, and I was physically suffering. And I reached for the Tao. The Tao Te Ching is a tiny little book of 81 verses, 81 short little kind of poems that talk about life and talk about how to lessen our suffering. And I, that's when it started this journey for me 20 years ago. I started thinking about these teachings and I've come back to them time and time again when I became a mom and I had postpartum depression and all sorts of things that, you know, because life doesn't just ever go smoothly forever after. That's not what happens. You know, we find ourselves, we lose ourselves again. It's the ebb and flow. And what I realized was that I see a lot of people around me in my suburban, rather nice middle class life. I still see a lot of people really suffering. And the way I see it is a lot of people live lives of quiet desperation and they don't need to. And I want to just like scream from the rooftops that if you can block out all the external messaging and all of that noise that makes you lose touch with yourself and keep up with the Joneses and act a certain way and dress a certain way and try to get all of the things that everybody else has. If you can block all that noise and connect with yourself, with your inner power, with your higher self that lives within all of us, you will be able to live a life beyond your greatest dreams. You will be able to one step at a time, change the paradigm, shift your thoughts from where you were suffering to the to seeing the opportunity that's right all around us. And that's what my book's about. I love it. I love it. So don't just sit there, do nothing. Talk to us about that. And what does that really mean? Are you talking meditation? Just sit in meditation. Are you talking about just sit in silence? Just or just just be just do nothing and just a little bit of all of that. But it's interesting because, um, you know, it's a little bit of tongue in cheek, obviously, though, just sit there, do nothing is a little tongue in cheek. But the Tao Te Ching itself, these ancient verses are very paradoxical. So they'll say like one thing they'll say, if you want to shrink something, let it expand first. They'll say very confusing, but very deep things. And when you look deeper into them, you understand, you know, for example, you understand that we are all many things at once that, you know, I have a chapter called I love baby. I not love baby, which is what my older daughter would say about her baby sister. And it's this understanding that we have polarities within us, that we can be these great, sweet, well-wishing people and also feel pangs of jealousy. And it's this allowing for everything at once. So don't just sit there, do nothing is a little bit of a play on words like, you know, yes, it's meditation. Yes, it's stillness. But I also don't believe in the all or nothing approach. And I the last thing I want to do is give people more to do lists. Yeah, because I mean, come on, we're all balancing the best we can. And so it's really about finding your own way to reconnect with yourself. And, you know, for me, I do meditate. I do have a meditation practice. I don't do it every day. Again, I don't I'm I'm compassionate towards myself because I know that some days I have the time and I know and I'm spiritually connected. And other days, even though I know better, 
I don't take breaks and I run myself to the ground. You know, we're all human. Yeah. And you know, there's also a quote I love, which is you teach what you need to learn. So, you know, I need these reminders myself, but a lot of it, you know, I have different chapters in here of different sections. It's one is identity. The second section is awareness. The third is creation. And it's this understanding. I think in our Western world, we always jump to the creation part first. <laughs> We're always like, do, do, do. And we don't stop to take pause and to check in with ourselves and figure out what is it that we actually need and what is life around us showing us. Sometimes the path is right before us. We don't even see it. And so my invitation with this book is for people to take their time to give themselves a break. You're not in a rush. This is not a race. Life is a marathon, hopefully. And um, to reconnect with themselves. However, you know, yes, there's meditation. Obviously, you know, that's the first thing that comes to mind. But meditation can mean different things for different people. It can be connecting with nature via walk. Or I tell people, if you don't have time for a walk, like just shut everything down and breathe deeply for two minutes and watch what happens. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So I, I'm going to give you a bit of a spiel. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> give you some background information. So you started the podcast three years ago. And like you have a young daughter, she's 10 going on 11 started the podcast the very next year, right? We went into the pandemic and yeah. it just has felt like survival, right? Like everything's constantly changing. Um, the podcast always hasn't been exactly what I wanted it to be because there's just so much more on our plates, right? So finding yeah. guests that I was aligned with was really important to me, um, but was hard. I want you to talk about your story of like, how did you return to you? Because I know in order for me to like, I feel like it was a part of my survival almost yes. to look at my family and be like, and stand in my truth and stand in my power at a young age and be like, no, I know what I know. And you're right. It goes away because you start to question in your teen years, like, yes. are they really right? <laughs> something Am really I weird? You, you yes. really... Yes, you feel you feel that there's something wrong with you for for a long time. Yes. Yeah, um, and the world, the world, the world really does. You said you said um, when you have diversity of of the when you're different in the way that your brain works and the way you think, the world, at least in our generation, I hope it's changing, but it does make you feel like there's something wrong with you, right? Versus you're just different. Yeah, hundred percent. So I know for me. I have it all within me. I'm connected to source. Just like I was saying before of how I choose people to come on this podcast. I don't choose them. Spirit chooses them and they just let me know. I know which direction to take, but it took me a long time to get to this place where I feel more confidence now than I ever have before. What do you say to those who are still in the midst of it, where they feel like they're the oddball out, where they feel like, they don't fit or maybe something's wrong with them. It's not, it's not true. But how did, what do you say to them? This is such a great question because you had asked me before who I wrote this book for. And the truth is I wrote this book for the younger lost me. 
And I think the younger lost me comes in so many different iterations of other people. It's the lost selves. And there's a lot of us that don't find joy in the world, the way it's structured. The longer I live, I'm 40 now, the, lo- the longer I look around, the more, the, the more I think it might be most of us, if not all of us. And our lost selves are yearning to be seen and to be validated, to be told that who you are is okay and you can drop the weight on your shoulders that you're carrying in order to fit into some paradigm that you just don't. And so the whole point of don't just sit there, do nothing. And the whole point of, you know, I don't even take credit for it because like you, information moves through me. And I was connected to the teachings, these ancient teachings. The Tao Te Ching comes from 6th century BC. And it's the second most translated book in the world after the Bible. It's just not quite as popular here where we are. But I was connected to these teachings because they're so wise and they tell us, you know what, if you drop all of the comparison and all of the this constant need for validation from external sources, all of a sudden, boom, something happens. You shift your perception and you're free. And once you shift your perception of what you think you needed to do or you think you needed to be and you let all of that go. It's, it's as if the path opens up in front of you. But like you said, the path doesn't always, it doesn't show itself fully ahead of time. It shows itself one step at a time. You know, there's this great quote that you don't need to see the entire staircase, just take the first step. Yeah. And I really believe that anybody who reads this book, who's ready, who's ready for the information and don't just sit there, do nothing, will will experience these shifts. I have exercises in each chapter that I actually call shifts. They're not so much exercises. It's about changing our perception. And so, first of all, you have to realize that there is nothing wrong with you. Even when, and listen, I am on antidepressants for many years. So it's not, you know, even if you need some help outside of, you know, just your own, thoughts, even if you need some pharmaceutical help, some help from doctors or help from therapists, whatever, there's still nothing wrong with you. And for whatever reason, you may not know yet you're on the path you're on. And maybe part of your journey is not fitting in. And part of your journey is not feeling like you fit in because maybe you will find great power in that difference and that uniqueness. And maybe your uniqueness will actually become what serves other people, what serves the world. So anything that you think of yourself right now that the world has made you think as a negative, guess what? Every negative has a positive and your pathology becomes your your great gift. Your mess becomes your message. Whatever is wrong with you is also what's incredibly right with you. It's your gift. It's I, I say this about myself, like my emotional vulnerability also as an empath, also as a super sensitive person, it's my Achilles heel and it's also my superpower. A hundred percent. So I was just talking to my coach about this yesterday. And I think what you really 
show people is that just by making little changes, you can see things from a completely different perspective. And just that, you know, back to what you're saying, you had those three key words. One was awareness. Just that awareness shifts everything. So I was talking to my coach the other day because I just believe in like being a continuing like learner your entire life. Cause I know the more that I piece together, the more that I really understand the other side when they're coming through and the angels. So I continue to work with folks myself, but I was talking with my coach because um, he said something that really hit with me that the more successful people get, the more anxiety they end up having. And he's seen that with spiritual coaches as well. And I've had a lot over the last year where just in December, um, the only person who was running the entire operations of the business got sick and had to step away and she couldn't come back. So I had to take on everything myself, almost like rebuild the business within a couple of months, hire on new people. And I create a lot. I do a lot. And I really came back to the reason that that is, and I'm being really raw, really vulnerable with the audience right now, is because I can trace back in my shadow work to a period where I was like in fourth or fifth grade, just got into the car with my dad after school, was like, here's my report card. I remember him opening it up right there and seeing that I had gotten the first like C of my life. And it was in math. And he just looked at me and he said, I'm not mad, but I'm just so disappointed. And it wasn't exactly what he said. It was his body language. It was his energy. And I felt stupid. I felt like something was completely wrong with me. And and I made a vow to myself in that moment, I will work my ass off to never get another C. And now having a 10-year-old who's in fifth, fifth grade, I realize if she was to get a C in math right now, it's not because she's stupid. It's not because something's wrong with her. It's because she's not picking up the information and she needs a tutor. Like, oh my God. I was just going to say, I mean, like, what would you do for your child? You would get oh, them some everything. help, yes. get them some help or help them yourselves. You would never, never. Yeah, we come from a different, you would never, ever show them disappointment in a performance. Cause that's what it is in a, in an outward external kind of marking. Yes. So, but it's fascinating because I have carried with me ever since this need to get the gold star. Like I needed to get this Same. gold star. Like, <laughs> yes. Right. Like, um, and I think that as I've worked with students in my angel Reiki school, what I've really learned is that a perfectionist doesn't want to be perfect really to get a lot of attention. It's really, um, just to feel like you fit in. And also in order to um, bring the maximum benefit into the world, like we care so much, we just want to give people as much as we can all the time. And so when I was working with my coach, 
And I was just saying, like, I'm having a hard time slowing down. I'm having a hard time figuring out where to go next with the business because there's just so much to do. And I feel like I'm working all the time right now. Like I work at night a little bit before I go to bed. I get up and I check my email and it I've gotten out of some really good habits and into some really bad habits over the last couple of months. And he said, um, because I was scribbling furiously. He's like, stop taking notes. Like right now, <laughs> stop taking notes. And I showed him behind me where I have like two laundry baskets filled with papers that I need to go through. He's like, all you need to do is just be. And I'm like, I know I tell people that on the podcast. <laughs> well, you teach what you need to learn. That's that is the biggest truth. I mean, so I, I feel everything that you say, there's no, there's, there's no accident that we, we've connected. I mean, it's a hundred percent, a hundred percent true. The way the world works is you put out certain information and then you're challenged where you, you they're like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know that you need to find stillness. You know that you need to connect with yourself. We're going to throw so much success at you. Go ahead and like, get off the, you know, it's one thing to say, take a pause when you're just, you know, living life, trying to survive, doing your best. It's another when good things are happening and you're succeeding and you're like, well, I can't, I can't step back now. Like I just, I need to keep this moment moving. This momentum is amazing. It's, it becomes a different kind of challenge to step away from this great momentum, from all these blessings coming in. And I I hear you, I feel you, and I'm working through this myself. And I want to I want to say one thing that I think that you will like that um there's a mantra that I've developed that I just keep repeating to myself um when I get overwhelmed and it's that the right people and the right resources are gathering around me all the time. Say that again for everybody listening cuz we all need to write it down again. The right people and the right resources are gathering around me. And I repeat this constantly. When I get overwhelmed and what do I do next? The right people and the right resources are gathering around me. And it's this, and then I feel I feel like huh, like a deep breath, a deep exhale, because for perfectionists, it's also super difficult to let go of control. And in some ways, we've all been trained to be perfectionists by the society we live in that gives us C's if we don't get everything right, you know? So it's this feeling of, I don't need to do everything. The people, the resources will show up and I will be able to unload and I will be able to delegate. And, and it's this releasing of control. Because at first, when you start off, you're doing everything yourself. And when you have a vision, you're very focused on what you want it to look like. So you, it's almost scary to let other people take over bits of the vision. <laughs> and then, and then it becomes a necessity because you need to be a full balanced person who takes time for herself. Yeah. I think that's so true. And that's what I got as I was reading through your book is, um, we come from the space of like we've said before, not feeling like we fit in. And once we do that shadow work and really look at this, we have to try on new ways of being. We have to try it on because it's not going to feel comfortable at first. But when we try on new ways, we find new ways to be in this world. And it's so much more powerful. Yeah. And, you know, the Tao uh, says it's a lot about these labels of bad and good emotions, bad and good experiences. And it's saying there is no bad or good. 
just a never ending dance of shadows. Ooh. And I was like, oh, I know that line floors me as well. So, yeah, we're going to make mistakes and move through experiences where we need to relearn things. But it's not bad. It's just it's how we're meant to be in this physical form. Yeah. Well, because if you what the angels always say is if you're living and breathing, you have work to do and we have work to do on ourselves until the day that we die. So I love that. You're, how did you say what about the shadows? Say that one more time. Yeah, yeah of course. And, you know, this is a, one of my favorite translations. When I was writing the book, I went through tons of them. So this this translation, it says there's no light nor darkness, just a never ending dance of shadows. Ah, oh, that is gorgeous. The other part of that that I wanted to add is there's also no bad or good emotion or thought like you mentioned, you had judgment. You know, we all have judgment like there's nothing wrong also with the with your shadow side. Right. Your shadow side is also part of you. So it's not like one is light. One is dark. It's just yeah, it's just all one. I love that. That's so perfect. Um you're amazing, Jesse, and I love your book. Um, tell everybody where they can find it and where they can find you. Sure. So don't just sit there. Do nothing is available everywhere. Launches March 1st, uh, Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, Bookshop, etc. But all the information, uh, ordering information, the freebies, it all lives on my website, jessiecancer.com, J-E-S-S-I-E-K-A-N-Z-E-R.com. Perfect. And we'll put all that information in the show notes. Jesse, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Julie. This is such a such a synchronicity to that's how it feels for me to talk to you. Oh, I know. It's like um, kindred souls. Yes, exactly. Yes. Beautiful souls. I just want us to take a moment and pray together. I want you to start by taking a deep breath in and a deep breath out. And I just want you to feel your crown chakra opening at the top of your head. I want you to feel God's loving oneness energy pouring like a waterfall of love into your entire body surrounding your auric field, filling every molecule of space within you, surrounding you. And I want you to feel that you are so filled to the brim with oneness energy that it begins to radiate out like the rays of energy that radiate out from the sun. And friends, what I want to do this month is every time you come to the podcast, I want us just to pray together. The reason we pray, we have shown it scientifically, it does make a difference. When you pray, they have shown scientifically that it does something within another person's energy field. That person might not know that they are being prayed for, but something is happening energetically. So let's come together right now today and just pray. Ah, uh, Danny, if you could take that over again. So let's just come together today and pray. There's a lot happening in the world right now, and this is not about letting fear consume you. 
This is about taking your energy and directing it the way you want it to go. And so we're going to use our intention today. We're going to use the love that God has just poured into us today to radiate that love out, radiate our intent, prayers, ask God to surround angels with the people on earth who need it. And in particular today, we're going to ask that God surround with angels the people of Ukraine, to provide the people of Ukraine with angels that give them strength, that give them hope, that give them divine wisdom. Friends, this isn't a political thing whatsoever. This is a human thing. This is a collective consciousness thing. And what we're doing today is bringing more love into this world. So I want you to just take a moment to pray with me. Dear God, universe source, we know that there are babies that uh, should be in a NICU right now, special needs children who should be in an ICU hospital right now, who are not able to because of the conflict that is happening in Ukraine. And God, we ask you to protect those children, to heal those children, to surround those children with the angels that they need to give them everything, to become fully 110% healthy. God, universe source, we pray for the mothers who are pregnant right now, who are fear-filled of how they're going to give birth where they're going to give birth. We ask you to put their hearts, their minds at ease and create a safe place for them to bear children into this world. God, we pray for the displaced families, the children who are unsure of what's going on, who have fear in their hearts. We pray for those children to be surrounded by angels of comfort, angels of love who fill them up so that they know they're not alone and they feel a semblance of safety, of security. We also play, pray for those displaced families, those who are left behind, those who are still fighting. God, we ask you to give them courage. We ask you to give them strength. We ask you to fill them with every single thing that it is that they need to get through this time in their life. God, Universe Source, we ask you to provide everyone in Ukraine with angels to surround them. God, Universe Source, we also pray for those who have lost somebody in this conflict, that you help bring healing to the hearts of those who are left behind. And friends, I just want you to take a moment to add in your own prayer right here, right now.
Friends, your angels ask you to hold a vision, a future earth, and that is one filled with peace, with love, where there is all peace on earth. And if your egoic mind comes in, gets in the way and says, that's not possible, Julie, it is. We all have to hold that vision within our minds right now. So start by holding it within yours, by seeing all of earth as peace-filled, as loving towards one another. Your angels say that now more than ever, it's so important for you to do your own work on yourself. Because when you're spiritually healthy individually, it leads to us being spiritually healthy as a collective. So doing the work on yourself individually lends itself to peace within all. When you have peace within you, we can have peace within the collective. So friends, please know that your angels do not want you to be fear-filled. They want you to, anytime your egoic mind brings in fear, use your intention. Use your ability to pray. There is no wrong way to pray. To pray for people you care about, even if you don't know them. Use this opportunity to look at your own life and the lessons that God, universe, source, your angels are trying to bring into you right now on how to bring more peace into your life so that as you create a more peace-filled world for yourself, we can come into a more peace-filled collective as a whole. Friends, I want you to see one more time, peace on earth, peace within yourself, peace within your own life. I want you to send that energy that you are filled with, that oneness energy, out to the world, out to the people of Ukraine, out to everyone on this planet who needs it. Remember, it's not coming from you. It's coming through you from God, universe, source. If you allow it to, that oneness energy is an unlimited source that will flow through you to everybody who needs it here on earth. Friends, thank you for coming together. Thank you for praying with me. Thank you for sending love out into the universe. Every single time your egoic mind tries to bring you back into a fear state, I just want you to stop for 30 seconds, call in your angels, and just pray. Just feel that oneness automatically radiating within your body and just send it out into the world to those who need it. Friends, I love you. Spirit loves you. Your angels, your loved ones on the other side, they are looking out for you. They're with you right here, right now. Open up your heart to miracles, to blessings, to this vision of peace filling this world. Bye, friends.